Alright, Jacket fans. Let's give thanks to our sponsors, Evolve Lawn and Landscape, Crosswired Electric, Excellent Realty, Elaine Sanders, Holiday Inn Express, and Live and Love Local Bartow. Please check out each of those sponsors' Facebook pages and follow them for more info. The great companies. Now let's start the show. And welcome to the Bardo Jacket Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Cole, and I'm here with my co-host slash dad, Jason, and producer, Jen, slash my mom. And we have special guest intern, Wes, on today. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Wes, you doing all right? Pretty good. Yes, sir. Doing well, doing well. So, um... We had a, a nice little trip, but before we get into that, um, everybody knows we went to the tech game. We were posting that on our social media sites. We are going to try something a little new um, this week with the episode and, and have some segments, four segments, and we're going to call them quarters, and Producer Jen is going to keep us in line and move through these topics. So, Producer Jen, I'm going to turn it over to you. Oh, this might be tough keeping you three boys in line, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try. So, here in quarter one, I'm going to have a couple questions for you. Um, so, let's just get right on to it because we have a jam-packed episode this evening, and it is going to be exciting. Mm. Okay. So, gentlemen... Um, we, Barto took care of business Friday night. It's obviously, obviously, excuse me, if I could talk this evening, my gosh. You got this, you got this. We're I know, right? You. I'm not even nervous. I'm excited. We believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are awesome. Okay, so back to business. Barto did take care of business Friday night, and it's obvious we have a great team, but realistically, what is a successful season in your opinions, especially in year two with Coach Tate? And his team and the program. All right. Well, I'll start this one off. Um, successful season, according to me, we already had it. So if the season ended today because of whatever reason, you know, 5-0, and oh, it's been a success. Um, at the end of the year, you know, we already know we're making the playoffs. So, you know, going into this year, it's, it's different, 2020, but um, – I think that we're going to take care of business this week. We're going to be six and zero. We're going to go into the Winter Haven game seven and zero. Or six and zero. We're going to be seven and zero after Winter Haven. Then we're going to go play a tough game against Lake Wales, and it's a win or loss game. It's going to be a, a crapshoot. And then from there, you know, if we're six and one, seven and one, going into the playoffs, and whatever happens against Tech, at the end of the day, I think Coach Tate's going to be very happy with the boys' performance. Um, no matter what happens. Cole, what do you think? I can agree with everything that you just said. We already have a successful season. No matter what happens, we make the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's really it. We already have a successful season, in my opinion. Wes? Is it my go? Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my apologies. Having a tough time hearing a few, a few things, but... um. If I'm not mistaken, Cole just pretty much agreed with uh, the majority of what you said, and it's going to be three yeses across the board. I'm going to agree with pretty much all that you said as well. I think, you know, this season, granted, I, I wasn't paying much attention last season to really any high school football, but I'd say given how this season has pretty much panned out for uh, those Yellow Jackets, I, I, I think it's, it's been pretty good football all across the board, and 
Um, I'd like to think Coach Tate is, is probably not only proud, but, but happy with where that team stands currently. Um, they still have a few tough tests ahead of them. And then ultimately the playoffs and, and who knows where that goes. But uh, as of as of now, uh, as you said, Jason, if the season were to end today, I'd, I'd say it's, it's a successful season without a doubt. I have to agree, even though I'm not part of it, really. But I am. You could, you could give your your. your yeah, this is this is so exciting. I mean, it just just to see these guys play and Coach Tate and you know the great um, camaraderie that the team has, and he's a great leader, so that definitely plays a big part. I'm just I'm so excited. It is it's awesome. It's awesome feeling right now. So um, great time to go six and zero, right, guys? That's it. All right, can't yep. go six and zero unless you're five and zero. <laughs> That's right. Now. If there's one area of play that Bartow could improve, expand, or adjust, adjust on, what would that be? Uh, what area would that be, and mm, why? You do ask the tough questions. Mm-hmm. There we go. You want to start with this one, Wes? I sure will. <laughs> I sure will. And I am not going to hesitate and really think about it. Discipline, discipline, fellas. The team needs to play with a little more discipline. You know. I think right now, granted, only going to one game, we're playing with a lot of a lot of flash and quickness and strength and, and, you know, all those things you want to be playing with. But I don't think we're playing with enough discipline. And, and to emphasize a little more into that and on that, um, I know on the Kathleen game, uh, we put a good whooping on those Red Devils, 30-13, to 13, I believe, was the final score. But we also, uh, half of that score, 14, right? Or, well, it would be 15, but 14 flags. Uh, drawn by those yellow jackets so if they could you know maybe reduce that to half let's say six or seven in a game that, that right there you know no one's expecting you to go flawless uh granted i'm not a buccaneers fan but like they did yesterday against the packers when it comes to penalties um no one's expecting you to play flawless that like that but if you can if you can cut those penalties in half and play some more disciplined football ultimately that's going to reward you you know, long-term in the game there and moving on down the season, you know, uh, getting rid of some of those holding calls or blocking in the back or pass interference, et cetera. Um, so just playing some more discipline if, if I had to pick one category that uh, those Yellow Jackets can probably improve on. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I'm not going to say the same thing as you. I'm going to go off and say, especially since the game that we went to with Tech and Armwood, which we'll talk a lot about and some in this episode and, and moving on, you know, the next couple of weeks, but uh, special teams is what I'm going to say. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Did I take your thunder? Well, you could, you could chime in a little bit on it, but special teams outside of the uh, Lake region. And, and of course the Liberty game, um, you know, I don't know exactly what happened in the Liberty game on, on all the touchdowns, but we may have had a special team play in there. But the, the big thing for me after seeing the, what happened to Tech at the end of the first half with a special team mishap on the uh, pooch kick left and how that turned that whole game around, you know, but you know, they ended up, they had a lot of heart and they came back and overcame that. But, you know, one little special team play could really hurt your team. And I haven't seen anything big. And, and you players out there, I don't, I don't know who's where in first team, but let me tell you something. If you have any desire to be 
a college football player and get recruited by a college, you better be on the punt team. You better be on the punt return team, the kickoff team. Anything that you could do to help your team win, that's what you should be doing. Because when you get to D1 or D2, you will be a special team player. And if you're not doing special teams now or you're saying, Coach, I want to do it on time, no. Special teams wins ball games. So we got a great kicker. We got a good punt, a punter. But I'd like to see a little bit more on the coverage team and the, the return team and, and both kickoff and punt. So that would be mine, Colt. I could say the same thing. I think special teams is our weakness. All the games that we've been to, special teams has been our weakness. Not many kick returns and punt returns. I don't even think one. I don't remember, but I'm sorry. But I feel like we can improve a lot on special teams. And every team can can improve in that in all categories, but – you know, you're putting us on the spot with these questions, so. My bad, my you're bad. Good, you're good. Well, on that on that note, let's move on to quarter two. All right, we're going to quarter two. This segment brought to you by. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. What was the? Oh, sorry. How do we see this week's game going against Poinciana? May I go first? Yes, yes Cole, yes, your turn. I feel like it's going to be like the Liberty game, sixty-two to six was the final score. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blowout, just like that. That is. I, I just don't see points in it. So you think we got it? We got it in the bag. We got it in the bag. Yeah. Um. I'll go ahead and go west. I think that Cole is right on track. Um. This week's game, uh, Point Sienna, I believe, is one in three. One in something like that. And it, you know, their their national or their state rank is in the four hundreds. We've moved into the nineties. So Bartow's going to go out and take care of business like they did against all the teams that they should have taken care of business against. So I got Bartow big. Wes? And again, we're having some technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Are you agreeing? What's that? <laughs> What's you saying, that? You're agreeing? Uh-oh. What's that? Uh-oh, you're breaking up a little bit. All right, we're having trouble with Wes, so we're going to move on. I'm sure Wes is uh, agreeing that Bartow is going to take care of business this week. And You guys want to do score predictions or do that Thursday? Yeah, we'll do that Thursday. Um, since we're having trouble with Wes, I'm going to – You guys hear me? Yeah, I can oh, hear you now. I can hear you now. Okay, okay. Is the audio okay? Yep, you yep. sound good. Okay, that's great. I don't know what that was. I'm, I haven't moved or anything, so – just the service out here, I guess. No worries. So, do you guys mind if I go ahead and finish up, or yeah, do we yeah. want to move on? No, go ahead. Okay, so, um, yeah, my apologies about that. Just out here, um, almost near Lake Wells, the signal's not the greatest. But anyway, as I was saying, I'm just going to agree with you guys. Um, I think Bartow, without a doubt, has this game in the bag. Um, I, I will say as well, I, I know those yellow jackets aren't going to get it complacent, but I'm going to say it anyways. Barto players don't get complacent with this game. You know, I'm not saying you guys are potentially, and then you let it slip up. I, I got way too much confidence in you guys right now uh, to let that happen. But um, I will say as far as what I mentioned earlier, discipline, you know, this is this is just another game to, to perfect your craft and, and get better, believe it or not. Regardless of what the score is, at the end of the ball game, it's another shot to get better. 
It's a chance to be 6-0, and as what's been the mantra for us here throughout this podcast series. Um, so, so go out there and, and play your ball and, and perfect your craft. Well said, intern Wes. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I like it. All right, so next question in quarter two. If any one of you were coaching Barto right now, being 5-0 and right now, are you trying anything different to possibly find out some more strengths or weaknesses, or are you sticking to the script? Ooh. Who wants to start that one? I'll start, All I right. guess. Um, maybe in games like this with Point Sienna, however you say their name, I feel like we can try different things because I feel like we have that game in the bag, so we can try different things. But against a team like Lake Wales, we can, I'm going to stick to the script so that we have a good chance to win. You guys know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. And, and just to add in, Point Sienna is one and three right now. I'll go off of what Cole said a little bit. If, I, if I'm coaching Bartow right now, my main focus this week is the health of the kids and getting kids reps. Now, we've had a game against Lake Region. We've had a game against Liberty. We should have another opportunity against Poinciana. I'm, I'm sure a lot of kids played in the Jenkins game. The more reps these kids get in Friday Night Lights is important for the program. So, oh, yeah. yes, I, I want to see us put up 60 points, 70 points. And, yes, I think we will because Coach Tate has put these kids in, backups in, in those games, and they still succeed and execute the game plan. As far as changing anything, you always got to try some wrinkles and, and throw some things in. I think we, you know, when we get to the Winter Haven game and the Lake Wells game, you're going to see some plays that you haven't seen. You have to do that. Coaches are, are scouting. They're watching film. They're, they're looking at your tendencies, and you've got to switch it up. And I've got all the faith in Coach Rob that he's going to, you know, make that happen when those big games come. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Wes? Yeah. So, again, <laughs> it seems to be the trend that we're all agreeing, which is nice. But, uh, again, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think uh, if, if there's anything we want to try from trick plays to, to maybe substituting in some different players, whether it's for reps or to try something with this player, you know, maybe they got some versatility in the bag and, and they can maybe showcase it in a game uh, like this week we got up against uh, Point Siena. Because following that, of course, as, as many probably know, uh, the Yellow Jackets take on the Blue Devils, you know, Winter Haven on the 30th of this month, and then the following month on the 6th, uh, they got Lake Wells, you know, and, and, and those aren't going to be um, the, the easiest games uh, that these Yellow Jackets have played. So if, they, if they're wanting to maybe expand the play by something new, see what works, maybe see some things that don't work, I think uh, this Friday is probably one of the last opportunities to really go out and do that. Um, and again, as well, to emphasize on what I mentioned earlier, to kind of refine some things and, and try and nail some things down to the T uh, before this final stretch of the season. Well, we're practically already there, but uh, to really perfect some, some of these things before uh, we go up into the playoffs and play uh, Tampa Bay Tech. Good stuff. And I want to know, like, not only players are going to, like, in the points to end the game, like how I was talking about, like, we can use different things, like different players, but also plays. We can use different plays, try to see if they – work well or not well um, let me touch on that cole because you're young and learning and and that's part of what we do this podcast when you implement a playbook like coach rob has done now when we talked to lynn he said there's a whole new playbook this year so when you go out to practice monday through thursday you put in a game plan for the team you're playing 
And out of that, you know, you, you pull out plays from your playbook that you're going to use against Liberty or Poinciana. But guess what? During that week, you practice some plays that you're going to use against Lake Wales and Winter Haven that you probably ain't even run yet. You know, you're practicing those yeah. plays all year long and you're waiting for coach to call it. But coach Rob has a job to do. And his job is to make sure that we execute. And when the big game comes, he has some plays to go to that they ain't seen, that they're not prepared for. And then some plays I say to mom all the time because I'm always coaching her up in the stands. That play right there was to set it up. That's a setup play. That's a setup because she hates running the ball up the middle. Nothing worse Just than that. Just throw the ball. She hates when they run the ball up the middle and get a yard. She's like, why did they do that? Because it, that's what, <laughs> that sets up things later. So. I know from, oh, yeah. from, you know, just knowing the coach and staff and, and, but most coaching staffs do that. You have, you know, some plays that, Hey, when the time comes, we're going to run this. We seen tech run a double pass. I know it was Armwood ran a double pass in the game. They felt like they needed to pull that play out. They probably didn't run that play all year mm-hmm. other than in practice, but they pulled the double pass yeah. out because they needed it. So Bartow has those plays too. We look at the fade to the corner and the little curl routes, and you know we see what they're doing. But guarantee, when the time comes and it's third and six in the third quarter, and we need a big first down, Coach Rob will dial those plays up. The boys just have to execute. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, yeah. don't don't laugh at me, no, but I've been not. meaning to ask you this for a while, and you said it just a little bit ago. Is Pooch punt a real technical term for what you're talking about? Pooch or is kick. this yeah, pooch so, kick? So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> Don't laugh at me because I just, I've never heard you say it before. Uh, I've never heard and pooch I've, punt. Yeah. Not, not pooch punt, pooch kick. Pooch, pooch kick. So the, the kick that Armwood did against Tech, it was called a pooch kick left. Where and it was the, short. Yeah, so the object of it is you want to try to land the ball behind, in between the back guy and the next line of defenders. So you're trying to put it in that no man's land where nobody knows who to catch it, and then somebody runs up at the last second to catch it, and that's what happened to Tech. Guy ran up, he bobbled it, fumble, arm okay. gets the ball. So now, it, yep. is te- it is a technical term? Like, yes. it's really called that? It's for kickers it's that can It's practically a squib kick. Yeah. It, well, squib kick is low, and, and you're, it's going to bounce and it's hopefully like, hit it's somebody. It's like a line drive. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the the reason behind a pooch kick, we have Ray as our kicker. He can kick it to the end zone, okay? When I kicked and played, I didn't make it to the end zone. I was about hovering around the five, seven-yard line. But rules have changed now a little bit where, you know, if they step on the line or if you can get – Man, that's two kidding? weeks in a row. The phone is ringing during that podcast. I didn't even know we had a phone. Um so if you kick it right now, if Ray kicks it and their momentum takes them into the end zone, it's a touchback. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the but Ray's got the leg to get it. I didn't have the leg to consistently get it to the end zone. Therefore, I had a good leg. I could pooch kick right or left, depending on what Coach Tate called. And my goal was to put it as high as I could get it to a spot on the field where it was going to be trouble. Do you get it? Do I get it? Do you get it? But shooting it high in the air gives your kickoff team chance to get down there. So if I tried to like whale it and get it to the end zone, the ball's going to get to that back guy a couple of seconds quicker than if I kicked it as high as I could get it and it would land at like the 15 or 20. But by the time the guy catches it, all the Bartow players are down there on him. 
and that's what happened in Armwood. They kicked it right over that second line. The back guy had to run way up to get it, and as he ran up to get it, he felt the pressure of all those Armwood players coming because the ball was in the air for so long. And then he dropped it. So it, you know, it pooch kick left, pooch kick right is usually the call, and then it was like pooch kick left, run around right. So that's the attack, you know, the okay. kickoff team. All right, you I'm understand? sorry. Yeah, I understand totally now, but I just I'm like it was a great play in that game. Pooch kick. Oh yeah. Pooch kick. It's just I don't know. It's not, it's funny to me, but I get it. I get it. But 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 I want to say this to all of you. Whenever the time comes and we talk about the Armwood Tech game and we really get into it, please please don't let us forget to talk about the the punt from the was it the ten yard line? <laughs> oh my goodness! Please don't forget. We need to bring that up because I actually. I, I I need to ask somebody that understands football more than me what that was about. Oh, like, the kickoff what? or yeah, the punt? So the, it was a kickoff. Hold after, on, yeah. sir. I'm sorry, but we Hold have on. to remember that. Okay, I wrote I wrote down a note for you. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I got to keep it going because we got all a lot right, of right. stuff to cover. All right, quarter three, gentlemen. What was the biggest takeaway from the game between Tech and Armwood that we visited to this past Friday night? Mm. Uh, Cole. I'll start the defense. The defense was all right in the first half. I mean, it was it was like a maybe a twenty point game going into the second half. Yeah, it was it was neck and neck. It, it was, was like fourteen thirteen by the time we ended up parking. With four minutes left, and then then four, Armwood it took, took us, over. It, it was took us 14, almost a whole quarter 13, to park. It was fourteen thirteen Tampa Bay Tech with like four minutes left in the second quarter, and first then it became. Mm-mm. It was. It was oh, it was second quarter. My apologies. And then it at the end of the half, it was thirty-four to fourteen. So the defense for Tech kind of fell apart at the end of the first half, and the defense fell apart for Armwood in the second half, and mm-hmm. they eventually lost the game because of that. So that's the biggest, biggest takeaway, takeaway for me. Wes. So my biggest takeaway would be Tampa Bay Tech. I, it looks like, you know, going into this game, we didn't watch any of their prior games, so this was the first one we had watched. I know they have played some tough teams this year going into the game two and three. Um, obviously, you'd, you'd like for that to be five and zero oh if, if, if you're a football team out there, but I think it, it looks like they might have found their identity for who they are and what that team stands for. You know, going into it, they were, without a doubt, the underdogs uh, based on, I mean, their standings and, and just from the crowd to – the state rankings, you name it. They were the underdogs. Um, and they go into that game, and, and they really showed up. Maybe not in the first half, maybe that, but then again, maybe that's what they needed to really get themselves going and realize, hey, what else do we have to lose? You know, let's go out with a bang here. Let's try and get back to this game, get a win here, and move on to 3-3 three and three and, and finish off the season strong going into the playoffs up against Barto in a couple of weeks. And it looks like they did that. So, um I mean, it, that, that's, that's my biggest takeaway from the game is that I, I definitely believe those Titans found their identity and, and who they are. Yeah, that, and that's good, actually. That's really good. Different kind of perspective from, from you there. Yeah. So my, my takeaway is, number one, before I invite some friends and take my wife and my son and one of his friends to a school I've never been to or anything like that, I probably should do some more research because <laughs> it was definitely um, a different atmosphere, but we can get into that later. Uh, the second thing that I want to bring up, the biggest takeaway for me is, listen, I have my favorite teams and I am one that, 
you know, I ride for my team, but I'm also, you know, I look at it realistically. Um, I'm a big Gator fan right now. Florida has no shot, no shot against Georgia today. They have no shot against Alabama. They have no shot against Clemson. Okay. I look at those ball clubs and I compare them to my favorite team and I say, realistically, we can't beat them. We're not that good. Now, offense is great. Offense will score with anybody. But defensively, we can't stop those teams. And they're going to score more points with them just because our offense can't play perfect all game. So having said that, watching both Tampa Bay Tech and Armwood High School, Bartow, players if you're listening you have a shot to be special this year yes you have that you, oh yeah it is in your hand it's it's you know even as a player you think those things oh man look at lakeland lakeland's so good and then you see lakeland you go yeah they're they're, yeah, they're good and you know you know you're not going to be able to play with them i'm telling you boys right now believe in yourselves believe in what coach tate's telling you you can beat these teams <laughs> Now, we're going to break down the game more in, in later episodes and get into what they do and all that. But just putting the eyes, why it was so important to go. I wanted to put my eyes on them. And I never one time watching that ball game with those two teams out there thought to myself, Bartos got no shot. Nope. Not one time. Nope. Now, those were two great teams. Armwood and Tampa Bay Tech are great football teams. But um, I'm going to add a question here to y'all real quick. <laughs> If Armwood or Tampa Bay Tech played Lake Region, you would think the score should be 60, 70 points, right? Yeah, maybe like the 40, 50 range. You know, you play Liberty. You know, you look at their rankings, look at their schedule. But what did Bartow do? Went out there and scored 60, 70. You know, when they went up against Armadale, we thought we were going to have a test. Bartow handled it. Boom. Kathleen, their good ball club. Bartow handled it. So that's my thing, kind of like Clemson against Georgia Tech. You're the number one team in the nation, and you're playing Georgia Tech. You beat them by, you beat them by 60-plus points. They scored 70. Oh, yeah. So if Bartow would have went over to, to Liberty and won you know, by 15, I would be looking at this differently. But knowing that uh, Bartow is handling what they need to do on the field each and every Friday night that they play under those lights. Uh, I got my faith with Bartow, and I'm not I'm not nervous about those other teams right now. There, there may be another team I ain't seen yet that could, you know, I might feel differently. But just knowing that we're playing Tech, and that if we beat Tech, we could see our Armwood, which I'm kind of with Wes. I think Tampa Bay Tech found their identity, and mm-hmm. I think Armwood has a lot to overcome. They never gave up. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. They so we never may not gave see up. Armwood. It could be a Lakeland that comes out of that bracket, but I'm not scared of Lakeland. I ain't scared of Tampa Bay Tech, and I'm definitely not scared of Armwood. So, Bartu, keep doing your thing. I'm mm-hmm. not really scared of anybody right now. And I would say By the, the way, truth. That's why I went. I might have sugarcoated it on the podcast a little bit and just talked to Coach Tate, but, like, no. We are as good as those two teams. Yeah. They may have more depth. They may have more playmakers, skilled position players, but we can beat them. I'm telling you, I walked away telling you guys, walking back to the car, I wasn't, I wasn't like, like, whoa, at all. I wasn't like... 
impressed to the fact of, oh my gosh, we're going to get killed. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I I left that game thinking, wow, (laughs) we got a shot. Truly, truly. And I'm not just saying that. It, it it was it was a great game. Yeah. Like at the end, I was I was very without shocked. a doubt one yeah. of the best high school football games I've ever been to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I w- oh yeah, I was actually uh, I saw the game on the news the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how good it, it was. Yeah, it was a big game, and wow. you know, um, Armwood. I, I was kind of let. I mean, you know, we could talk more about it later, but I was kind of let down by Armwood. Just the. Uh, Wes, you t- you hit on it about the discipline. wasn't a lot of fouls or nothing, but our penalties. It was just I had a lot more. I've heard a lot of hype about the coaching staff at Armwood, and decisions that happened in that game. I just I didn't understand it for that level of coaching that I've always heard about that staff. So, all right. Okay, so yeah. we got a, we got one more question for quarter three, and this is mainly for you, uh, Jason and Cole. How do you compare and contrast the atmosphere from Armwood, excuse me, from Armwood versus Tampa Tech game to any of the Bartow games this year so far? Mm. I feel like um, the Tampa, the Tampa fans are very energetic. Mm-hmm. Like there was a ton of people around us who were very like, Whoa! Oh, that's Armwood. Uh, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's what we I said. Sat on, we sat on Armwood side. We went back and forth. We were going to go to Tampa Tech, but well, the bathroom was just too far. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I meant. Everybody on Armwood was pumped up. They were ready. And then at the end of the game, they were just, like, they were crushed. And at the Bartow games, I feel like we have better energy than they do because we are a better team, in my opinion. <laughs> so all the Bartow Uh-oh. fans cheer louder. But, yeah, that's my, my opinion. Um, I guess... To answer that, honestly, I'm going to say that from the road, your campus looks a lot nicer than it is. Um, the field was a dump. I'm sorry. The, you know, the atmosphere of the game, it was a good atmosphere, but here's the thing that would never happen in Bartu. A fight breaks out during the game, about third quarter, outside the oh, stands. Boy. When the fight broke out, the stands for Armwood was full. No exaggeration. I don't, know, I don't think COVID was in play at that place. Okay. Yeah, it didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stands were full. The, the walkway in front of the stands up against the fence, you couldn't get by. There's people everywhere. When I tell you that a fight started outside the stadium, easy 200 fans left and went out to the parking lot. And then yep. they weren't allowed back in. And I'm, you know, this is with probably seven, eight minutes left in the third quarter. They missed yep. a heck of a ball game. Oh my gosh, that was the best part of the game. So I, I almost had a hoarse voice, voice like you did, Wes. Yeah. So to answer that question, <laughs> the atmosphere, um, Barto Barto fans wouldn't have left to go watch a fight or be a part of a fight or anything like that. The, the knuckleheads that were fighting would have done that, and then Barto police would have handled it. Um, they never would have ran out of the stadium yeah. to participate or watch a fight. And I'm talking adults. Adults, yeah. So, you know, that, that part was disappointing. And then at the end, somebody apparently having a gun was disappointing. And watching players hit the deck and ban students laying on the ground like it was normal. That was disappointing. So I, I, I wasn't really impressed with Armwood at all when it comes to... It was to, embarrassing. It was, it was literally embarrassing. 
And that's what yeah. I meant earlier by thinking twice about taking my family somewhere that I have no idea. If I found my Bartow in Lake Wales and knuckleheads are going to be knuckleheads everywhere. And you were telling yeah. Cole on the ride home, perfect quest, what you were saying to him, you know, you're going to have that no matter where you're at. I told you guys about a, a light being shot out when I was in middle school, going to a Bartow game. You're going to have those type things. But I was very uncomfortable when all that was going down, having my family and friends and, you know, there and, and kind of feeling responsible for everybody. It, it was an yeah. embarrassing situation. Yeah, it was definitely it was definitely intimidating. It was definitely intimidating. And and I haven't felt that thus far at the Bartow games, not saying that it couldn't happen oh, and like fights, said, you know, break out and stuff like that. But, you know, it is it is what it is. So uh, still a great game. Good point. Good point. So to to kind of get this going, because we do want to, you know, kind of keep it as short as possible for everyone. Uh, quarter four. Let's move on. Um, OK, so let's talk a little uh, about college football and NFL. After last week. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Listen. So after <laughs> after last week's games. What are your opinions on how the playoff picture is shaping up in both college and the NFL? Let's start with Dad because he is a college guy. All right. So <laughs> I touched on it a little bit earlier in the last quarter. College football right now, and I think COVID has a lot to do with it and practice time and preparation, but it just looks to me that Alabama and Clemson are on another level. Um I want to give kudos to Florida State for knocking off uh, number five ranked team, North Carolina. I don't think that's as big of a win as it looks, but congratulations, they were ranked number five. North Carolina has a, a good coach and a really good quarterback, and they're ranked high. So, But it was a big win for the program. Uh, UCF lost again. They're, they're struggling. Uh, South Carolina upset. Who did they upset? Help me out, Wes. South Carolina upset Auburn. Yep, mm. Auburn. Mm -hmm. uh, Tennessee got upset. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. By Kentucky. South, is it they got South Kentucky out. or something? And, and he, here's me being real again. Florida's going to have their hands full of Kentucky. If Kentucky can run the ball the way they've been running the ball, pff, lights out. But um, I, I look at it as two different levels right now in college football. you got the elite and you got everybody else. And everybody else is just scrambling to compete with Alabama and Clemson. So And Georgia's up there. Georgia's up there, but Georgia lost. And, and Alabama handled Georgia the way they should have handled Georgia. I mean, nobody really expected Georgia to, Georgia to come out with a win there, but they tried their best. Yeah, I mean, they gave a good game for a while, but you can only do so much. Um, they were up like 20-7, to seven, right? 20-7? to seven. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it all. 24-21 at the half. Yeah. Mm. But, but that's where um, that's where earlier I'll bring it back in the quarter number one or two when the question was asked. You playing these these younger players and getting them experience that depth means a lot. So that that's where Clemson and Alabama just to me right now are head and above everybody else because the depth of those football teams you don't lose anything. Reminds me a lot about Bartow basketball last year. Uh, the couple times that we've seen him, I couldn't tell you who was who on the court because if they subbed all the time, he kept rotating players, fresh player, fresh player. And everybody that came in seemed like they were better than the last player on the court. 
And that's the difference between a, a, an elite program and people just trying to come up. And right now what Coach Tate's building in year two, he's got a lot of great players, and you just got to keep giving them opportunities and, and they'll shine. So mm-hmm. um, college football, I wish my Gators were doing better. <laughs> but it's SEC, and, hey, that's what yeah. I love about college football. They got one loss, you can't lose anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes and, and Cole, you guys got more NFL. Okay, so, so the go. first thing I want to touch on is the Buccaneers. Big win yesterday, dude. It, it was, was thirty-eight uh, to ten. The Packers only scored in the first quarter, and they didn't score again. And we scored thirty-eight uninjured points. I am so happy with my Bucks. We proved that we are the real deal, and that we can beat any team that comes in our way, except for the Bears <laughs> and <laughs> the Saints. I was gonna say, not any team. Uh, what about your Seahawks, uh, Wes? Except for all St. Nick Foles, huh? Man, oh, man. <laughs> oh, um, just to go back, I was thinking about this earlier. We were talking about the whole trick play thing. Uh, I think the best example would, would be Mr. Nick Foles playing for the Eagles in that Super Bowl against the Patriots, the Philly-Philly play. You guys remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not, something like that Barkley could potentially pull out. I think that was quarter one or two we talked about. But uh, back to the main topic here in quarter three or four, um, I forget what quarter we're in now. Four. But, um, yeah, um, my Seahawks, yeah, we're, we're doing really well. Uh, we obviously had a bye week this week, which I was just so grateful for, and I know the players are excited for, about it too. Uh, it's a little early in the season, almost mid-season, uh, so it's a, it's a good time to have one. We've got a lot of guys who have been on and off, you know, the injury reports, so they kind of got this extra week to, to get themselves back to 100% or at least very close. Um, I think Rashad Penny, one of our either our second or third string running backs, coming off the pup list. He'll be back on, I think, on the practice squad or back on the starting roster here soon. We'll get Jamal Adams, our our superstar safety, back in the lineup here going up against Arizona, our first division game, uh, which is definitely going to be a test. I don't recall if it's in Seattle or Arizona, but nonetheless, it's either going to be no fans or, or reduced capacity, you know, with COVID going on, um, which is unfortunate, but I understand. So, um, yeah, we're doing really well, 5-0. and uh, Russell Wilson, especially – as Cole mentioned, that um, performance with Tampa definitely crushed, uh, maybe not completely crushed, but definitely slowed down Aaron Rodgers, his MVP race uh, against Rush, or Russell Wilson, which was getting brought up quite a bit uh, until that game happened, of course. Um, I forget what his QBR was at the end of that game, but it wasn't very high. It was like his first or he's either worst or second worst QBR rating of his career, which is crazy to think you know of a, a an elite quarterback like Aaron Rodgers is mm-hmm. uh, probably a future Hall of Famer without a doubt but uh yeah I'm excited my Seahawks are doing well looking forward to the rest of the season uh we got a good chance to do something special with this ball club and and I'm very excited for the rest of the season yeah you guys are one of three undefeated teams in the NFL right now the Steelers the Seahawks and I forget the other team Titans and the Titans, Titans. right yeah that's right and they the play each other next win. week they got a close win on the Texans because it was 36 to, I think, 28 go- with, like, seven seconds left, and they scored, tying touchdown, oh and then gosh. they won it in overtime. Those are, those that are, game was crazy. Yeah, those are awesome games. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys keep up with that because I could just look at the standings and, and, and help y'all out a little bit. And as we're talking, the Chiefs just beat the Bills 26 to 17. Ooh. Daniel oh, Sorensen wow. just got a one-handed interception to seal it. Uh-oh. 
So I'm Who gonna... got the one-handed interception? Daniel Sorensen. Oh, wow. Okay. Safety. Good stuff for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'm right. going, oh. I'm, I'm I'm going uh, Chiefs and Bucks. For the Super Bowl? Oh. <laughs> what oh. do you do? We, we play them week 12, so that's going to be a good matchup. I didn't know that was a question. Oh, uh, we can go with Super Bowl. Are you looking at my questions? No, I went on look. I thought I'm trying to like <laughs> I'm trying to pretend I know about the NFL. <laughs> I do want to. I will say one thing about the the Bucks. The reason why they brought Tom, well, the reason why Tom Brady went to the Bucks was to get out of the AFC. NFC was going to be easier to get to the Super Bowl, and nothing, not taking away anything against your team, Seattle, but it's a harder road. On the, on the AFC side to get back to the Super Bowl. So that, I think that's one reason why he came, um, along with not having to face Belichick in the playoffs until the Super Bowl if he was able to get there. But Tampa Bay brought Tom Brady in for this reason. They are being talked about. They just beat the 4-0 Green Bay Packers. He, you know, it... You just feel like if Tom Brady's your quarterback, you got a great chance to win. Mm-hmm. And and so that, that part's exciting. That's what every Buccaneers fan felt at the beginning of the season until week one. Well, they were like, oh, no, we lost to the Saints. And they went on a three-game winning streak and then lose to the Bears and then obviously win at the Packers. But, it's, but, it's just about getting back on track. They're, they're all new. They're, like, there's a lot of new players, and they're all just trying to – you know, get on it, but, but if, if it's the Bucks, exciting. If the Bucks were nine and seven, and were able to make the playoffs, you would feel like no matter who they were up against, it could be an undefeated team. You got a shot. Mm-hmm. You have a shot. If it was Jameis Winston as your quarterback, you don't. Uh, nine and seven, you're gonna take those seven losses really <laughs> to heart. Yeah. With Tom Brady, if he's nine and seven, I just look at it like well, he'll be ready in the playoffs. And and because he has a ton of experience, trust me. All right. So on that thought, guys, since we are approaching midseason, um, who do you guys think maybe will end up making it to the Super Bowl? Buccaneers. <laughs> You're so part. You're- NFC Championship. No, I mean, Seahawks I really, I really feel like, hey. I mean, Dallas is winning the division in the East, and they're horrible, and they got a backup quarterback now. <laughs> They only got one win, I think, and they're winning the division. They're, they're two and three. They're two and three. Um, I, I just I look at well, not being a homer. I told you I would say the truth. It's going to come down to Seattle and the Bucks and yep, and uh, NFC Championship. I'm going to go, and that's going to be a great podcast week. Um, but that's that's who I'm going with. I don't, and I, I have the Chiefs beating the Bucks in the Super Bowl. AFC Championship, I'll go Chiefs. Steelers. Ravens? Uh, I don't think the Ravens, no. I think Titans and Steelers are probably two good picks to go with. Uncle Tankle, like you for that. <laughs> um, I just said I was going to go with the Steelers, but I think I'll go with the Titans instead. The they're, they're a really good team. West? You were saying they were underrated. They are. Derrick Henry is... I don't even think he's human, to be honest with you. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is very underrated. People say, oh, he just hands it off to Derrick Henry. No. He does way more than that. He is a very good quarterback, in my opinion. Top 10. That's all I got to say. Titans, Chiefs, AFC Championship. Wes? Um, 
I gotta I gotta agree to that to an extent. I think uh, Seattle and, and Tampa's looking great, despite mm-hmm. Tampa's two losses. And that's no knock to you guys. I know that's your guys' team. Um, but usually, obviously, with a with a with a team loses, and if they get two losses, so on and so forth, you know, they what they're doing is that they're kind of exposing some of their own weaknesses. Um, and that's been that's been the great thing with not only the Seattle Seahawks, but to make reference to the main topic of the show, those Barto Yellow Jackets being undefeated, is you don't expose too many weaknesses when you haven't lost yet. Um, but definitely agree with that NFC Championship game uh, being Tampa and Seattle. I can definitely see that happening. I would hope um, you would. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see how the rest of the season pans out. Unfortunately, you know, I, I hate to mention this, but you can't, you, you can't ignore the fact that injuries – and COVID, you know, can it can affect a whole team like in a heartbeat, you know. That's um, true. The the Patriots learned that the hard way, losing Cam Newton for a game. I think they lost Stephon Gilmore, uh, former or reigning defensive NFL MVP. I mean, it it, it it can all happen so quickly and and I've been blessed as a Seahawks fan that we haven't really faced that challenge yet. Um, unfortunately, I have to say yet because again, it can happen to any team, any person, any day. You know, it's just you, you never know. But uh, Jamal Adams. That, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Jamal Adams was a big loss, though, on the defense. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, and I, I was glad that we were able to uh, overcome that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Neal, uh, that man has played on a whole different level. He's probably been arguably our best, if not one of our best, defensive players. Stepping in for Jamal Adams, believe it or not, I think he has two or three interceptions. Mm. Uh, I think he has a sack or so, and I mean he has a few pass deflections. He got that big interception in the end zone. Uh, uh, prayers out to Dak Prescott, of course, again. But he got that interception on Dak Prescott to seal that game. So Ryan Nails really stepped up. But if we can overcome the injuries and adversities, I could definitely see Seattle going up against Tampa as long as they can avoid that as well. Um, and then the, on the opposite side in the FC. Uh, Chiefs, without a doubt, um, you know, if, if, if the 49ers were completely healthy, I could see them going into the AFC Championship game again, potentially. The uh, but unfortunately, they're not. Yeah, if, if, if they were all healthy completely, they're, they're but the they're just. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I'm thinking from the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> My apologies. Okay. But, um, yeah, so what I mentioned earlier, the Ravens, I, I do like them. Uh who did the Ra- have the Ravens? The Ravens lost this year mm-hmm, yeah. to the Chiefs. To the Chiefs. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I would probably give it to the Ravens. You know, they played uh, probably the best team, if not one of the best teams in the NFL right now. The the Chiefs. So I mean, that's their only loss this far. Who knows if they'll lose again for the rest of the rest of the season? We'll see how it pans out again. Uh, but but I'd like to see the Ravens and Chiefs battle it out in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, if if I'm going biased. Obviously, my my awesome Seahawks. <laughs> I'll have them going up against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Okay, I can, I can see that. Let me ask you two guys a quick question because you're NFL guys, and I am too to an extent. But do you see the Patriots making the playoffs? Hmm. I can see them making a wild card spot. Okay. Because I think the Bills are going to take the division. But I think the Patriots are definitely going to get second because the Dolphins are getting second. I mean, they might have a chance, and the Jets definitely are getting second. So, you, Wes, do you agree that they have a shot to get to the wild card? 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, even if they even if they break at like five hundred, they'll, they'll probably have a have a good shot. Um, which I think they'll probably finish like nine and seven, or maybe get ten wins. Uh, they should definitely have a shot without without a question. Uh, like Cole mentioned, the Jets and Dolphins are just, just the they're the Dolphins and Jets. I mean, <laughs> there's not too much else to say. Granted, I will give both Dolphins some credit. They've been looking quite well lately. Um, it was good to see Tua and finish off the game yesterday. By the way. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, and and not not to not to also mention, you know, with this year the the playoff bracket that there's one or two additional teams that get into the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? So that just increases the chances of of more teams, and well, Patriots are a team, so it increases their chances as well, as making it into those playoffs. And I, I I think they'll snag a spot by the end of the season without a doubt. Well, they kind of had a tough loss to the Broncos this week, eighteen to twelve. Kind of, kind of not a good game for them. Well, yeah. if if the Patriots make it to the playoffs, <laughs> I put "Do Not Disturb" on. No, I didn't. Um, if they don't make it to the, if they make it to the playoffs, I'm rooting for the Patriots. I want to see the Patriots against the Bucks. Ooh, or that, that would be or a if the Patriots play the Seahawks, I just want to see Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick is the best coach ever, football coach ever. Him I, and Nick Saban are on that level of just dominance, and I like to see him get to the Super Bowl a year after Brady left to prove mm-hmm. that you know Brady's Brady and he's great, and nobody's taking anything away from him. But that coach is special. And everybody hates them, and I like that about them too. So, and you, and you know what? We're humans. We we need to like give credit where credit's due. You know what I mean? Let's not hate on people. Let's not hate on them. Give credit of where course. credit's due. So, I want to because we're about to go into overtime if we don't knock this out. How do you guys feel about the Chiefs' recent signing of Le'Veon Bell? Bell, excuse me. And in what way do you think it affects their already star-studded offense? Great signing, in my opinion. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire still has stuff to learn as being in the NFL for six games now. Or five games. I don't know if the Chiefs had a buy or not, but that doesn't matter. I think Le'Veon Bell can teach Clyde a couple of things that, that he needs to work on and stuff like that. But I don't think it's very good for fantasy owners if they had Clyde. Because what are they going to do now? <laughs> You worried about that is a very good point. I'm glad I don't have him. That's why you play DraftKings. Get a new I do have Levy on though. Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> I do have Levy on. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess Jason, you're not answering this no, question. No, I'm, I'm not going to answer that question. I mean, of course, you <laughs> got Levy on Bill. Levy on Bill is a good player, and they, they signed him, so I think it's good. But I'm going to take this opportunity. Wes, did you get to answer? You did. Oh, uh, no. I'm going to say one thing that just for wasting his talent, so I'm glad he actually got on a good team where he oh, can okay. show his talent. Yeah, go ahead, Wes. What, yeah, yeah I'll, just, I'll just add on to what Cole already mentioned. It was a, is a fantastic signing by the Chiefs, especially for, for what they ended up getting him for. Obviously, it's just a one-year deal, which who knows what that could potentially turn into, um, and I'm sure that's why he part of the reason why he took that deal. Um not to mention that there's a rumor about him going to Miami. I don't know about that. You know, I'd, I would have probably took the same deal he did there if I'm in his shoes. But uh, it's, I don't know if, if I, you know, make him the immediate starter once he's ready and prepared. Um, I like the from the articles I've been reading about, you know, them going kind of 
uh, on a 50-50, you know, as far as who's getting the reps between uh, Clyde and, and Le'Veon. I think that's a that's a, a dangerous duo, probably one of the, the mo- most dangerous duos when it comes to running backs in the NFL, potentially. And uh, I'm sure they could do a lot with both of those guys in there and probably even run a, a couple of, you know, two, two running back formations um, with both Le'Veon and Clyde and, and really do some damage, more than what they've already done, both with last year and now this year. I can agree with all of that. Well, my point of Le'Veon is this. I don't care. I just want to make mention that with this new format that we're doing today, the reason why this podcast was started is Cole, you know, wants to be a journalist in the future. And and I've talked to both Cole and Wes about this. Also, Wes has some aspirations of kind of doing this, moving on at, at whatever level. Cole and Wes, I've told you, I'll tell the listeners, it's very hard to break down high school football when there's not as much information out there. So, Cole, we wanted to give you an opportunity every episode now in the fourth quarter. We're going to talk pro sports. And obviously, when we talk pro sports, as you can see, Cole is uh, he a, he's little, a little more engaged and he understands what's going on and he's talking. And, and this we're doing this for Cole, um, for Wes. Yep. And, and you do a great job with that. And I understand it's hard to get the information on, on Bartow and then the players, but you're doing a good job with it. I'm keeping up with who's who and, and whatever. But I, I think that... For the listeners out there, we appreciate the listeners. We're pushing um, 300 downloads, which is unbelievable for a podcast just starting. So thank you to the Barto awesome. community for just that. We started like six weeks ago on this podcast. Yeah, yeah so exciting. this is great, but we are going to incorporate some more pro talk and college talk because, one, it's good experience for both Wes and Cole. Two, it gives us more things to talk about. it, and And if you don't, and you're not interested in that, and you're just interested in the Bartow, and then you tune out at the fourth quarter. But we want to to make sure that we're giving Cole the opportunity to kind of shine and, and do what he knows the best, because sometimes he says things to me, and I'm like, I got to go Google it, because I don't know. <laughs> if he, he told me the other, today that Michael Conforto was signed by the Red Sox. I was, I was, that, was, that was a joke. I know, and I was like so hurt, but he said it so silly. Like, he's always messing with me because he knows so much, and then I got to go like check him and... So I hope he doesn't do that. Hey Siri, <laughs> yeah, hey Siri. So uh, to intern Wes and producer Jen Cole, this was a great episode. I like this the, was. I like it, the epi- I like the quarters. I like going in that direction and kind of having it laid out. We just want to produce the best content for our fans. But we got to keep growing as a show too, you know. And so. and, and you, it's a little longer than we anticipated. It's you know I'll I'll get better at corralling you guys too. So well, I, I think I think they can go a little longer sometimes if we have good content and good conversation that's going and flowing and not forcing anything. So great job tonight, guys. But of course, you can always tune on Absolutely. the fourth quarter if you don't want to hear about. Hey, all the don't NFL don't stuff. say that too loud. And, and to those speak that to into those existence. jacket players that are uh, interacting with Wes on. Uh, Twitter, you're doing a great job with the Twitter page, Wes. So thank yes, you for that. I, yes. I've, I've logged back into my Twitter account and trying to get in there and see what you're doing and talking with the players. So you players that are listening, if you've got some topics for this fourth quarter, because I know you guys love pro sports and college football, hit Wes up on the page. 
Let us know what you want to talk about. So as we're preparing for Thursday night show or next Monday show, we got some things that we can give producer Jen from you guys and we can hit on them and, and maybe have your interaction after you listen and, and tell us what you think. Yeah. So that Twitter page is BJB underscore podcast, BJB underscore podcast. And that's the Twitter page. And while you guys are at it, you guys. Want followers and growing. <laughs> All, right. All right. Anybody got any last things that they want to say? And while you guys are following those Twitter pages, how about you guys go check out my TikTok? Jason what? and Cole FST on TikTok. We're growing. Well, too, yeah, y'all don't have as many fans as the Facebook page has, though, because we're pushing 600. So. I have. Y'all, y'all got some work followers. to do. Y'all got some work to do because the old people are representing. <laughs> all right everybody for all of us at the podcast team for the jacket breakdown podcast we appreciate you thank you for listening thank you for the support and we'll see you on thursday much love Go jacket peace much love